The clock has ticked over to a new year, and here at Lower Dorks, we want to take a moment to look back at Lower Decks. Looking back at the animated series? I, I, I don't know. Uh, so <laughs> let's just pour some champagne or something and start wagging our tongues till sound comes out. Yes, we. Uh, I'm drinking leftover champagne from New Year's Eve. It is the fancy Corbell brand uh, brute, and uh, I can't wait to drink this. So I am drinking leftover non-alcoholic champagne imitation stolen from a work party, huh. but it's fine. Oh. Don't worry about me. I poured some vodka in with it, so it's just <laughs> as good. Yeah, totally, completely the same thing is what I'm what I'm envisioning. Indeed. Well, let's talk about what we're talking about, because people might be thinking animated series, what the hell are these guys doing? And if people didn't know, Lordex likes to reference the animated series a lot. And we wanted to look back at some of the more interesting references and just go into them and kind of mention them, chat about them a little bit. It, it actually prompted a animated series rewatch for us, as we mentioned a couple episodes ago. Um, and maybe we should talk a little bit about that first, Aaron. What did you think about the animated series on the whole after we watched it boy talk about a series being all over the place like star trek is known for you know having its ups and downs and the the original series especially but the animated series right he gads like one episode is like high concept sci-fi and the next one is written like it's you know teenage girl fan fiction and you're just like what has (laughs) happened here yeah, it, it definitely feels all over the place. It's basically about a season and a half of content. It's it's kind of neat. I mean, it has most of the original cast of, of the original series, so I guess that's cool. But, I mean, one episode literally has the devil in it. Although I guess one of the motion pictures literally has God in it, too. So who am I to I judge? don't think that was actually God, because, you know, <laughs> what would God need Just some alien, with the starship? <laughs> That's right. Uh, but anyway, if you guys uh, listening at home want to uh, watch all of the animated series episodes that we've found um, that function as uh, sources for the references that were used in Lower Decks, I'm going to put all that in the description of the episode. So if you want, you can pause here and watch them and, you know, on Paramount Plus or wherever you're watching Star Trek and, and come back and, and listen with us. But if you just want to ride by the seat of your pants and talk about crazy animated series episodes... Feel free to keep on listening. And that was not a uh, sponsored reference there to Paramount Plus. But, you know, if you're out there, Paramount Plus, hey, <laughs> we've got a listener base of dozens of people. Yeah, we could send them your way. Dozens. dozens. That's right. <laughs> okay, well, let's start off with what may be the most general reference that we that we saw on Lower Decks. There's the episode No Small Parts, uh, which starts off at the Planet Beta 3, where... You know, as we, as we know on the original series where Landrew is located and Ransom pulls up a pad and he's got a picture of those old scientists on it, which is literally a screen grab of Kirk and Spock from the animated series. Yes, from the episode The Practical Joker. Yeah, see, I know we talked about that before, but are you sure? Uh, you know what? I am 99.9% sure. 99. What, what gives you such confidence? Well, you see, I did a reverse image search as I scanned through <laughs> the original episode. And I came up with a computer-modeled, data-driven certainty of 99.9% that everything I'm saying right now is bullshit. And I'm just guessing here. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I, I'm looking at the still now, and this could be from any episode, man. There are so many Kirk Spock episodes in the animated series. 
If you say so. I just wanted to talk about the episode where it turns out that the Enterprise is a huge jerk. And the only reason nobody noticed yes. was because it wasn't sentient yet. Oh, and as soon as they find out the Enterprise is sentient, whole crew just conspires to murder the Enterprise. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. I'm not? Nope. <laughs> we had to bring up that episode somehow. Indeed. Yes, but at least it was pretty cool to actually see that, uh, you know, it's kind of like it's some kind of in-universe ca- in canon. Yes. Of some I kind. just found it hilarious that they didn't bother to update to the Lower Decks animation style. It looks like it's just yeah, a it's still like literally from the, screen the animated yep. series. <laughs> Which just makes it more hilarious, Indeed. I think. Uh, but let's move on to the next solid reference we have, and that is what is identified in the animated series as the Vendorians. So on Lower Decks, this appears in the episode Envoys. It's a very brief shot. And if you recall in that episode, Mariner and Boimler walk into the Andorian bar, and there is a shapeshifter who's, you know, pretending to be an old old Andorian. He goes, oh, my bones, if you recall that. Spot on impersonation. Spot on. <laughs> Thank you. I could do voice work, right? Uh, but no, so there's this brief shot. If you Again, this is a frame-by-frame situation where if you pause right between the animations, um, you can see what this alien looks like, and it, it's pulled right out of the animated series. The episode is The Survivor. When we first watched this episode, I'm like, I know I've seen that thing before somewhere. But it wasn't until the you know rewatch of the animated series that right. like it all came together. That I'm like, oh yeah, that's that thing, the shape shifting aliens. Yes, and that uh, animated series episode, they actually go into a fair amount of detail on how these guys work. They just rearrange their molecular structure to anything with the same size and mass. Although in that episode, a Vendorian becomes a deflector shield for the Enterprise too. So. You know, that is a thing for some uh, reason. Apparently, deflector shields are really small. Go figure. <laughs> yeah, just very. If they're person size, you got a placement is key. Yes. Either that or you have to got, get like 100 Vendorians yeah. and just, make just them into get like a, a mesh. You know, it's amazing that they're trapped on their home planet because they mentioned that they've basically been quarantined there, but they sometimes work as spies for the Romulans. <laughs> I mean, you think a bunch of them right. could just get together and form a starship. They're like Voltron, man. Get them enough, them <laughs> get enough of them together, and you got a giant cat robot. You're good to go. I know, right? Vendorian is no excuse. <laughs> but the, you know, the kind of funny part of that episode, the animated series episode, is you know, according to you know the episode, the more the Vendorian stays in the shape, it's assuming the more they take on the memory and emotions of the previous host. I assume. So literally, that episode is you know the the Romulans are foiled by the power of love. So. I, I'm just sad we didn't get to see that in uh, the Lord X. The real question is, what sort of emotional state does a deflector shield have? I'm just wondering. Great question. You know, just just thinking here. Are you just kind of upset, or are you kind of protective? Yeah, or? I mean, because we all know that if he took the shape of the Enterprise's computer, the emotional state would be jerk. But jerk, yeah. <laughs> not sure about the, the deflector jerk, right? itself. Oh man, it's it's so cool. it's just cool to see such a small cameo in uh, that episode Envoys. But there's this whole episode with the whole antagonist are are these guys, and yes. and you know what, we we know their weakness, love. But let's move on. I, I let's talk about Spock too. I think this is the, one of the more obvious animated series references. Um, on the Lower Decks episode, Kayshawn his eyes open. Um, on the collector ship, that's the ginormous skeleton hanging from the ceiling that is kind of in the remnants of the original series science uniform 
This is actually a direct pull from the animated series episode of The Infinite Vulcan. Funny enough, written by Walter Koenig. Um, this is where a the reason why there's a whole a giant Spock in the first place is because Spock is kidnapped by a guy from the Eugenics Wars, who hilariously one of his names is Stavos, not to be confused with my name, with Stavros. Completely. Yeah, we know you had your name changed to uh, disassociate from your father. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's all getting away from the Eugenics Wars yeah, thing. You know, nobody wants to be anyway, associated with a genocidal maniac. That that is true. Um, and the whole reason why Spock 2 is huge in in that episode, The Infinite Vulcan, I think is because Stavos Caniculus, the you know eugenics war dude, had cloned himself so many times. And like I assume like with each subsequent clone, he just got bigger and bigger just because size matters, right? I don't think that's, matters, don't right? think that's I mean, how that works at all. I think he was a short man. And <laughs> when he cloned himself, he said, okay. I'm going to fix this. And went a little overboard. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. He like went more and more like before, like you know, the first few clones, you know, maybe a couple inches here or there, but before long, he's just a giant. Or you know, he just got tired of being pushed around. Said, "Ain't nobody gonna push me around no more." That's right. And now he's you know, <laughs> depending on the shot, thirty feet tall or twelve feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, the the whole reason why he's large just makes no sense in the episode. I love that the, the, the how they disarm needing an army of Spocks of giant Spocks because the Federation already does everything that Star- Stavos Caniculus does. Yeah, it does a shit job at it. I don't know how that argument ever won. <laughs> like we make yes. peace. We're just at war with Romulans and the Zinti and <laughs> Klingons and Gorn and but yeah, peace. All about peace. With like three of our neighbors. Everybody else, war. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My favorite part of that episode is potentially the when Spock 2, when he does the single fingertip mind meld to Spock, like original Spock, and just like instantly cures him of all the mental issues in the episode. Just hilarious. Yes. Not the ones he started the episode with, but the ones he developed throughout the episode. Yes. Because Yes, yes. Condescending jerk. Still a mental defect he's got. (laughs) Yes. So so according to the episode, Giant Spock, Spock 2, and Caniculus stay on the planet to help, like, undo the damage they've done to the natives there, which is this whole other side plot that doesn't even need to exist, but it does in that episode for some reason. So we don't know why his remains are just hanging from a ceiling in the collector ship, but... If you want to know the origins about Spock 2, you can just watch Infinite Vulcan. Yep. Giantism tends to lead to an early death. But, on happier notes, I'm going to take a quick sideways. Okay. Because there's, in Kayshawn is Eyes Open, the episode with, of course, you know, Giant Spock, in another right. scene, we see a bunch of other things in the background, you know, bones of that same in that same room. And there is what appears to be a giant pterodactyl. Which shows up in the episode Once Upon Ooh. a Planet. And I think this yes. is a skeleton of that giant purple pterodactyl for some reason. That's a great call out. I know, I know that the random pterodactyl monsters show up in a couple different episodes just because I assume they were cheap to continue to reuse the animation. So I'm not sure they actually do because there's the pterodactyl things and then there's which it's like an actual pterodactyl looking thing. Once Upon a Planet being the planet that is the... They visit the planet that is... It's... Uh, what is it? Omicron, Delta. 
and it creates illusions, and they use it as a shore leave planet. Right. Uh, the purple pterodactyl mm-hmm. shows up in that episode, but in other episodes, there's actually these weird things uh, called uh, what are they called? Butt wing billies. That they're like these weird <laughs> dragon things that don't have like any hands or feet, but they've got wings on their butt that they use to fly around. <laughs> Super weird. Okay. Yeah. So butt wing billies and pterodactyls, like two different things. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> Excellent call out. Uh, but gosh, let's move on. This is this might be one of my favorites, the Pandronians. Um, so of course we see a Pandronian in the Lower Decks episode I Extratus. That's the kind of the nefarious drill instructor that shows up and is <clears throat> out to get everyone for bad test scores because she fixed the uh, fixed the tests. We've seen another Pandronian in the, the animated series episode Bem. That's where we yet again have another Pandronian observer uh, who's named Bem. He tests Kirk and Spock by seeing how they interact with the primitive alien species by, of course, sabotaging them. Yes, two very similar plots. I guess all Pandronians are just <laughs> test-giving jerks. I don't know. But it's cool, because yeah. like, they, they... That's like their yeah. thing. And they break into pieces, and the individual pieces fly, and their legs have arms. Yeah, yeah. how does that work? I, I'm kind of a... You know, because... <laughs> and in the lower decks episode the body parts are all like flying around the bridge and i'm like are they are, are they gonna be okay like can they just set themselves back together again what's going on yeah well i mean they're they're a uh multi-organism organism they're what do they call them a collective organism or a colony yes or like colony that. creatures yeah. that's what it was right <laughs> oh boy yeah but at least they learned how to speak federation standard between uh, the animated series and the Lord X episodes. Yes. As I recall in Bem, he kind of speaks in alien, as we, as we, as we found out in animated series, anytime there's an alien, they all kind of speak in a voice like this. Sometimes they speak, speak like this. Yes. <laughs> the two alien which voices one was Bem? they do. I don't remember which one Bem was. <laughs> I feel like they do one where it's... And I think it's actually, isn't it Doohan that does the weird... I think so. The weird... Talks yeah. like this voice. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, just like uh, aliens that, you know, Planet of the Hats trope. Pandronians are jerks that give tests that aren't fair. So. An entire culture now you built know. around test giving. That's right. Sounds like my yes. kind of place. I think I would excel <laughs> there. Yes. Why don't you just move to yeah. uh, I'm, I'm the not planet, good at virtually anything except cheating on tests. Number one skill oh. I've got. You too can be a successful drill instructor. And that's why I made it to be an airline pilot. <laughs> for one flight oh my well you know speaking of flights let's talk about bird people oh boy bird people uh you may recall not to be confused with bird person yeah they're they're people they're several several people Indeed. actually yes as i recall but in the, it's in the lower decks episode embarrassment of duplers although i was reading up earlier apparently they show up in envoys in the background as well if you pay close attention there but, i didn't apparently uh, mostly see him I and didn't see them yeah oh wait no envoys is the one where they're with the drunk klingon yeah they were in that episode yes. i totally saw them yes now they're like kind of in the background there yes but during the uh the chase scene the car chase scene in embarrassment of duplers they show up and have voice lines so if you want to see how they look that's the episode to go to so they're so they're <laughs> the thing here's the thing about bird people 
There are several types of bird people in the animated series. Well, really only They show two. up in two different episodes, yeah. at least. Yeah. And I'm not even so, yeah, sure... Yeah, two. two. is more than... Already more than enough. But we're not even sure they're separate species. I mean, like, that's that's not like Alpha Canon. It's not shown <laughs> in the show anywhere. Yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah, it's all kind of Beta Canon stuff. Uh, but the episodes in question are Yesteryear, uh, where they re- are referred to in, in Beta Canon as Aurelians. And then in the episode Jihad... Uh, where they're referred to as SCORE, S-K-O-R-R. Completely different roles. Um, in yesteryear, they show up, a, one shows up as a scientist studying the Gardener Forever in that episode. Um, in Jihad, they are like warmongery aliens that can breed a pot, like an army in the billions in two years or something. Just like warmonger people. Yeah, but wasn't that um, the whole And they thing? look very, very similar. Wasn't that the whole thing about them? They were like reformed warmongers and they're like the oldest species known... Yeah. yeah, so, like, they weren't really warmongers anymore. So, for all we know, like, some of them had gone on to be scientists, and those were the dudes. Yeah. Maybe it was the Vulcans that taught them how to tame <laughs> their bloodthirsty passions and think Ooh. more logically. Look, I'm building connections here, just like the <laughs> fan base likes. Anyways. Well, you know, maybe you're right. <laughs> but that is true. They're, they're, they're very similar looking, enough that they could be the same species with, like, just different features. But there is variance between the two. Yeah, I could think the score character in Jihad has some horns on his head, maybe. But otherwise, they look very similar. It's obvious that they are, you know, saving some production costs and, you know, reused the same yes. character and did some recoloring and stuff. So, yeah, yesteryear. But still. Super weird episode, by the way. Um, good yeah. plot, decent characterizations. Children Vulcans in Speedos and Bandoliers. Yes. Oof. Like. That was, uh, I guess yeah. that's the logical fashion for <laughs> toddlers. Um, <laughs> boy. yeah, that was a little hard to watch. It's weird because that episode, plot wise, is one of the more solid ones, right? Like, Spock goes back in time to, you know, save his, you know, child self, but then, yeah, like all the Vulcan youths are questionably dressed. Yeah, I just, I would love to pick the art director's brain on that episode. And, figure out what he was drinking and see if I could try it myself. <laughs> so if you had to pick, which ones are... So assuming they're different species, Aurelian and Score, which ones are we looking at in the Embarrassment of Dupler's shot in the Arboretum? I, You know what? Assuming they're different species, I'm going to go with Aurelians because they appeared to be members of the Federation. Okay. But I don't think they're different species. I think it's same species. I'm it's just the same. That's my yeah, theory, that totally and I'm sticking thing. with it. But anyways, <laughs> I think you're right. Assuming, assuming yeah. they're two, then it's got to be Aurelians. So Ocean's Jihad. No wait, no Jihad. Uh, Ocean's <laughs> Eleven, whole different movie of assembling a team. Yeah. to Completely. carry out a heist. Completely. Jihad though also has another reference in it uh, that pops up in Lower Decks. Do tell. Well, I mean, it's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the green bouncers from uh yeah the green guy yeah from an embarrassment of oh dooblers yeah uh, what's his name em the bouncer Three green is the name of the character yes. in jihad yes and for whatever reason they're bouncers and waiters at the uh party in an embarrassment of duplers <laughs> you gotta you gotta wonder like i cut mike mcfan come on like, what's going on here like they're characterized as cowardly lockpicks in this episode and I guess like they're making so they're making embarrassment of duplers and like damn we need aliens to like be a bouncer what do we got and like somebody went to animated series and like what about this green guy 
And they're like, yes, let's yeah, let's bring, bringing him in to be the bouncer. But you know, here's the real funny thing about that is. <laughs> They're 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 not characterized as cowardly. I mean, they are characterized as cowardly. But the way we find that out first is the dudes all like, "Yeah, my race is what you Literally would call cowards," <laughs> and you're like, "Nobody's gonna admit that." Like the Klingons show up on your doorstep, you're not gonna answer their hail and be like, "Hello, I am EM three Green, representative of the cowardly race." No, what's going on here? <laughs> He's uh you know he's just he just knows it's going to come up in conversation so he's just preempting all the discussion. He's like, "I know you may have heard some things about me and my people. Yes, we are cowards. I will betray you at the drop of the hat." So, yeah. let's not drop any hats, people. Yeah. I hated that character in that episode. I loved him, dude. He's my favorite yeah. character. The entire series. Uh, a number 1, man. I would watch a show about him and him only get that man a ship you know what in fact i think that was the biggest flaw of picard they should not have had rios and it should have been em3 green in his Ooh. place imagine how much better wow. that show would have been <laughs> to the moon baby if you're looking for a series that has the so so according to beta canon these guys are called nasat nasat and if you are desperate desperately looking for more cowardly people in your daily star trek life you can read the core of engineers books and apparently there is a uh, nasat character in those books so as, as one of the main main cast so if you need some more you can pick up core of engineers god if i was literate read all about I would get all people. over that i know so one one step at a time you got the alphabet then words then core of engineers novels <laughs> <laughs> hell of a reason to learn to read there you go i know we could find your motivation somewhere Okay, what's next? What do we got? What do we got? Yeah, let's move on to uh, perhaps the biggest and most intricate uh, of the animated series references. Um, and that is the Zinti, or the Kazinti. Did we decide it was Kazinti or Zinti? I think it's pronounced both ways. Is Zinti? I've heard it both ways. Okay. Z- K- Zinti is dangerously close to Zindi, so maybe I'll say, I'll pronounce the K. Kazinti. I'm just going to call them weird cat people. Cat people. Got weird it. Cat people. cat people with fish ears. Specific weird yeah. cat people. <laughs> but we mainly see the Kazinti character in the episode The Spy Humongous. He's the cat like person in the red shirt club, the bunch of the the Dirkholz yes. people that try and tell Boimler what to do. Uh, but you've also seen them in the background on some episodes before that, so they definitely appear in other episodes. Yes. Um but the animated series show in question is an episode called The Slaver Weapon. Um, and that is uh, the episode written by Larry Niven. And of course, Larry Niven is known for writing. So I don't know. You may know more about the background of the Kazinti than I do. But Larry Niven is a you know well-known SF writer. He's written like a ton of books about Kazinti wars. And so this animated series episode kind of merges in some of the ideas that he's had in some of his human Kazinti war books and Star Trek universe. Yeah, it, it was such a weird combination to do uh, at that time. But speaking speaking specifically about uh, their appearance in you know lower decks, I love the fact that in the original series episode, they're all like hunched over in this weird, creepy way. And yes, yeah, especially the telepath. Yes, guy. so sad. Oh god, he looked horrible. Like you just you, you wanted he to, was not in good shape. You just wanted to pet him yeah. and be like, "It'll be okay, kitty." But uh, <laughs> it's funny because, like, you assume that's how Zinti are, right? 
And then right. in Lower Decks, they have the whole bit about it just being bad posture. <laughs> I know. I assume that that Kazinti on Lower Decks is not actually the telepath, which is in the in the animated series show was in very bad shape, yes. like Hunchback and all that. Um, hilariously, in the 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 animated series episode, um, they 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 fool the Kazinti telepath by you know all you got to do is. You know, because this is your meat eater, so just think about eating raw vegetables, and that'll that'll fuck them up. Which I don't think that's how it works. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's a reason that like vegetarians and vegans can sometimes be put off by people eating meat, but I don't think it works in reverse, right? <laughs> there's nobody like the. They're not like we don't eat plants because they're sacred to us, and we, you know, fiber is murder. No, you right. know, I don't think that would work. <laughs> hey, it works in this episode, and the whole vegetarianism thing becomes a major plot point where, like, Spock attacks the Kazinti captain and lets him live, and, like, that's, like, this major cultural affront because, like, the the vegetarian attacked him and left him alive. Yes. So, major plot point. Yeah, and that's, that's Spock's M.O., humiliating people. Higher series. That's right. That's a that's something about the animated series in general. Like people are mean in this yeah, show. Like, like way McCoy and Spock, meaner. like horrible chats. <laughs> like McCoy, like <laughs> amazing. In the original series, it's like he gets in a barb here or there, and it's all good natured fun. And in this one, it's just like, right. listen up, Spock, and then it's a stream of profanity. You know, I mean that never happens, <laughs> but that's the feeling you get from it, right? Yeah, you're like they yeah. all sleep with one eye open. You know, I think like Kirk <laughs> is like the only one who doesn't uh, really come across as way more of a jerk in the animated series. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, uh, McCoy and 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 Spock are at each other's throats all the yes. time. It is. I, I can't decide if it's like disturbing or hilarious somewhere somewhere in between yeah, those like things. sometimes it'll be like they'll say something or do something that's just like oh my god that's horrible and like the whole crew will like laugh together about it and you're just like <laughs> yeah. that's not funny man that's messed up i know <laughs> like that's oh, not what friends man. say to each other <laughs> definitely less wholesome than lower decks yes in that regard oh, certainly uh, but back to the Kazinti for a moment. I thought the one of the most hilarious definers of their race is they have a an issue with like the James Bond villain monologues where they will describe every part of their evil plan to the people they're holding captive. Yeah, kind of a kind of an issue. Historically, it doesn't go well for James Bond villains. No, and they do that a lot in uh, the animated series. There's just a lot of exposition there. Yeah. A lot of the episodes feature, you know, somebody just standing around. I guess that's like a Star Trek thing, right? But I think in the newer series, they do it much more dynamically, where it happens as a part of a conversation rather than a monologue. Right. But, you know, again, that goes Mm. back to the animated series is also all over the place, because there's other episodes where they have really great exchanges. Yeah. That's true. That's true. This one in particular, though, like... Yeah, oof, just uh, very, very monologue You know, I will say, though, this episode uh, is probably one of the, like, few episodes from the animated series where I'm all like, I love the plot of it, like the, the instigating plot, which is the right. uh, stasis boxes. Yes. Mildly ridiculous concept, but, like, as a starter for an episode, 
the idea that there's these box filled with ancient relics held in stasis and the only way to find yeah, them is with concept. another box yeah. and I mean like I right. could I could see a whole TV series built around that. It's just such a totally neat concept. Mildly ridiculous yeah. but very neat nonetheless. Too bad we don't see a lot of what makes the Kazinti Kazinti on lower decks. He's just kind of a alien dude that looks, you know, he's got the fish ears and looks cat-like. But maybe you know more about this than I do. But you know, having the Kazinti reappear has looked like it's basically a big deal. Like I, from what I understand, there are some copyright issues. Like Larry Niven didn't want the Star Trek franchise to have access to the Gazinti. Do you know well, any more about that? I don't know that? if it was so much Niven as it was the Niven estate. Because it's important to realize that sure. there's a big gulf in time between the animated series and then when we get back to it in TNG. But there's a few right. moments, right, where it, it gets referenced. Oh, these guys were supposed to be the Zinti. Like the Zinkethi were supposedly uh, from DS9. You never see, you just hear referenced. That was supposed to be right. the Zinti, right? And I think there was they were supposed right. to show up in TNG somewhere. Um, they were in talks to use them in Enterprise uh, before it got canceled. But it's one of those things. Supposedly, is a big rights issue, mm. specifically who owned it, and you know what royalties would be involved. And one of the things that they never talk about with like cross utilization is that whatever contract you work out by having these crossover. Uh, episodes is that both parties have to agree and they have to formulate a contract. Right. There has to be specific monetary rules set in place for what sort of royalties are paid out. A lot of times they're right. only set for so long. So we could run into a situation where you have your you know box set and it's out on the shelves or it can be streaming on a particular platform and then 10 years down the road suddenly they have to stop producing those box sets or suddenly right. they have to you know well this streaming service can only stream this episode and this streaming service can only stream these episodes and it's just a headache for you know the lawyers who figure all this stuff out right and of course it makes sense yeah, and lawyers being the upstanding model citizens they are who we all <laughs> love and revere for what they do for society we just we don't want to make this harder <laughs> on them probably not <laughs> yeah, it sounds like I mean, like you said, it's been in in negotiations for several Star Trek shows, so it seems like so they they must have pulled some magic to get this to work in general. Or you but. know, just every other series was, or just every other series, maybe it was just like, hey, let's use the uh, Zinti, and then somebody's all like, well, here's the problem with that, and they're like, oh yeah, that sounds like a lot of work. Here's the <laughs> Zenkethi, you know. There we go. Oh, crap. Let's paint this thing blue and say it's uh, something else. Yes, definitely not Aurelians. We're, they're called the Score now, so I, just uh, give them a new, a new paint I, job. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, I think that ends our list of random animated series references from Star Trek. And it's one of those things that, like, I am betting there are probably a lot more. Um, some things are just, yes. like, name drops, but they name drop so many stuff. things yeah. yeah i would really love to go over the collector ship with like a fine tooth comb because like yeah. even even we every time we talk about it we're like oh there's this there's that and then every once in a while it'll be like hey i didn't notice this the first time and it's some you know yeah. new thing in like the corner of a shot like only <laughs> when we were preparing for recording this episode did i realize that 
one of those pterodactyls didn't look like a normal pterodactyl. And I went back and I'm like, yeah, right. I think that's an animated series reference. I, I, d- I definitely want to know for any listeners out there, if you if we missed an animated series reference that you liked, drop it in the comments and we'll take a look because there's got to be more out there. These are just, I feel like we're scratching the surface. This is the tip of the iceberg as far as animated series episodes, like the obvious and stuff. I'm sure, and if you know more, drop in the comments. And I'm sure we'll be back uh, next year with another episode just talking about the yeah. new animated series references because they I know. seem to be cramming them in faster and faster. And there's not much animated series to reference. That's true. But they, they're finding things, let me tell you. They're pulling things from the animated show. But yeah, we've really uh, gone to town tonight. But I do think that's it. it. It's a week past midnight. And just so you know, you don't have to wait till this time next year to get your Lower Dorks fix. You can check us out on Twitter, at Lower Dorks for updates. Uh, we'll have episodes between now and then. Uh, or, you know, you can grab the uh, champagne, your loudest fireworks, and celebrate like it's the new year every night. Because it's always party time at Stavros's house. <laughs> you know, bring champagne and party on.